and welcome to a regain in the membrane style episode of We Only Look Thin. I am uh, one of your hosts. My name is Donald Weigel, and I have lost uh, roughly 100 pounds. And with me, as always, is... The other lead singer of Cypress Hill, the hit band from the 90s, <laughs> Catherine Weigel. And uh, quite frankly, I've had a little bit of regain in my membrane, uh, and I've lost about 140-ish pounds. Yeah. Still kind of an inspiration. Yeah. We're here to talk about it. It's We Only Look Thin, and hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. 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 It's still covid yeah. There. We just got that out of the way. Yeah, things change rapidly. Uh hopefully uh you know, by the time we uh, put this episode out, everything will be back to normal, but it's not looking that way uh, as we record it. But uh, we are going to uh, talk today about what to do if you're facing a little bit of weight loss regain. Yeah, Donald's looking at me when he says that. I was actually not <laughs> even looking at you. He wasn't. Well, it all started with the idea of regaining the membrane, because that's funny, because it's Cypress Hill. It's about marijuana, which we know nothing about, I think. Yeah. You I don't know, it's a pill of some kind that the hippies use. Yes. I don't even know. Yes, um, it's one of those hippie uh, pills along with their cocaine cigarettes. Maybe this should come out on April 20th because apparently 420 <laughs> has a... Okay, this is going downhill. We do not con- condone drug use. We don't do that. We're like the last two oh people, my gosh, by the we way. We are Squaresville. Yeah, Squaresville indeed. Anyway, but uh, what we aren't is incapable of gaining weight. Yes. Again, because I've done a little bit of that. Not a lot of that, but a little bit. So yeah. we're going to talk about weight regain now that we've gotten all of the yuckster jokes out of the way. So Catherine. Yeah. You have come up with sort of like, you know, the water table. Do you remember from science? Mm-hmm. Like the water, the, it rains, the water goes into the lakes, like animals drink the water. And the ducks fill their bills with and water then it, and then go back up to the top of the hill. back up into the water table. Yeah. It's kind of a circle thing. Yeah. You, you have like a similar uh, weight regain uh, I do. I guess you wanted to talk about. I do. Yeah. So uh, I've actually regained a little bit of weight. I'm going to tell you how I did it. <laughs> how did you? You two can regain some weight. No, but... I think after losing 150 pounds, I have said, you know, there is no finish line, which I still believe in. Yeah. But the cycle of gaining comes with making an allowance. So you make an allowance for a vacation. You make an allowance for the holidays, for a party, for a weekend, for COVID. What better time to gain than when the nation and the world are in crisis? But you make a small exception. So like you go out for an indulgent meal or you don't track a dessert and then you get on the scale and nothing happens. Look, I got away with it. It's like blowing yeah. a red light and not being caught by the police. And you think, now I'm a person who can blow through red lights and <laughs> zero consequence forever I will and ever. Become a serial red light blower througher. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's that, like, okay, I got away with it. So it must be fine. I must be the kind of person who can eat pizza yeah, no, every I'm other night. Now. I'm fixed now. Like, I'm not, I'm not the person who gained all that weight before. I'm, right. I'm like one of those people that can eat whatever they want now. But it, it's just an exception. Right. But then you do the exception again. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know what? Phil from accounting brought in bagels. So I'll just have a bagel. Like it's Friggin a it's a Friday. Phil from accounting. I didn't think about it, but I'll just have one. I yeah. didn't actually there isn't a Phil and there's no bagel. But no. this is just and we're a, not neither of us are currently going to an office no. to work either. <laughs> but you make another allowance and then oh, the scale goes up a little bit. Well, maybe it's just 
uh, time of the month. Maybe it's water retention. Maybe it's just a blip. Yeah. But then you go up and you tell yourself it's a blip, but then the blip becomes the new normal. And then it doesn't feel wrong. It just is like, well, I guess this is just my weight now. Yeah. And then you say to yourself, oh, I've only gained five or 10 pounds. Like, oh, I lost weight before. Like, certainly, you know, losing five or 10 pounds, that's easy. Right. It's just a few. I can do that with one arm tight behind my back. So the higher number becomes your new normal. And then the scream weight that you swore three years ago on this podcast that you would never (laughs) get to. Uh, becomes very podcast, becomes the it. new normal, and the scream weight no longer scares you. It's not yeah. that shot in the arm that you think you need, and then you kind of go up a little bit above the scream weight, and you're making exceptions. And by you, I mean me. And, and just to pause here for a second, in case somebody doesn't know, scream weight is the weight at which you know we've promised ourselves. If we ever got back to that weight, it would make us scream and we would we would panic. That would and, be like the big panic weight yeah, the that panic we would have weight, to turn like if around. I, if I ever got to that weight again, I would panic and, and go back. But I told myself it wasn't that bad. Like, oh, I'm over, yeah. I'm at my scream weight. I'm still fitting into all my clothes. I'm still an inspiration. Nobody, we have a podcast, so nobody can see that I'm at my scream weight. Yeah. And then that becomes the new normal. And then the holidays happen or then... COVID happens and then you make some more exceptions and then suddenly your scream weight is so far away that you can't even hear it screaming anymore. Yeah. And so right now I'm I'm at that point. I'm at the above my scream weight, an area that I said I wouldn't go back to ever. And technically life is still the same. I'm still fitting into my clothes. I'm still, you know, able to keep up with all of my fitness. I'm getting yeah. in my steps. But this is the new normal now. And that is not acceptable because if I continue on the trajectory of gaining a few pounds here and there and making another exception for April Fool's Day or whatever, yeah, then I'm going to find myself in three months up another five pounds and justifying that weight all the way up the scale again. And our internet weight loss empire will come crashing <laughs> down around us. Crumbling down. And Donald has been doing great. And so there's this weird combination of being inspired by him, but also being a little bit embarrassed that I'm up a little bit. And I'm I'm up about Well, first of all, you should never be embarrassed around me. Okay. But um I I know I'm going off script a little bit here. Uh-oh. Uh not that we actually I don't have a know script. What's but I, I know we talked about this uh on last week's episode, but I have been choosing to use this time. You know, when I when I am working full time, I work on movies and TV shows, I I can work, you know, up to 80 plus hours a week. And I sometimes dream of a situation in which I'm stuck at home all the time with nothing better to do than exercise. So I have really been trying to embrace, I've been trying some new things like yoga um, that I had no interest in before. And I'm in, you know, just about the best shape of my life. But um, I have seen many, many posts from people online saying I was losing weight before I was stuck at home with COVID. And now I'm, you know, I'm stuck with nothing better to do than to eat food and sit around and watch TV. And um, I think that the bottom line of what I'm getting at is that you can take this situation and look at it one of two ways. You can look at it as circumstances are beyond my control and there's nothing I can do and I might as well just gain weight. 
Or you can look at it as an opportunity to to spend the time exercising and eating right that you always wish that you had in your normal life. Yeah, and I think on if, if we look at a calendar and my weight trending, we had gone away the weekend before COVID became a real thing, and I was up on the scale a little bit because we were we we had gone to uh, an event and. My highest weight in four years was basically COVID the 13th, Friday the 13th of March. And <laughs> Is that it, a thing? <laughs> COVID the 13th. Yeah, sure. Uh, it is now. Um, but that Friday the 13th, I got on the scale and was at my highest weight in years. And it was a number that I swore, you know, 10 pounds past my scream weight that I would never get to. Yeah. And it is just, a, you know, hop, skip and a jump back to larger size clothing and not fitting into the clothes that I'm wearing right now. And I've made justifications because I'm still wearing most of the clothes that I was wearing 10 pounds ago. But I see that slippery slope happening of just justifying another five pounds, another 10 pounds. And so this episode, we'd really like to talk about regain, the why of it, what it is, what it isn't, and how to decide to go back to Or for a, a lot deficit. of people, it might just be gain in the first place. You know, there might not be a regain. It might be, you know, you haven't you haven't gained weight before, and now suddenly you are because you've hit a certain age or you've changed your lifestyle or whatever. Um, or maybe you've you haven't actually lost any weight and you're still gaining. Um I think the the hardest part of this is to not succumb to that all or nothing attitude. And I know that in the past, whenever I would lose a decent amount of weight and then I would gain a little bit back, I would always just sort of throw up my hands and be like, well, I guess, yeah, see, I, it guess I may as well not bother even trying. But I wanted to, you know, point out a few things. If your boat springs a leak, for example, I like to use metaphors Metaphors. to explain what I'm talking about. Metaphor number one, if your boat springs a leak and you start taking on water, do you try and bail out the water or do you actually take the bucket and try and fill the boat with more water and then sink yourself? And I think the answer is you don't try and sink yourself. So it's not giving into that all or nothing attitude. Yeah, I think I've also heard the like if you get one flat tire, you don't flatten the other four tires is another one. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're walking up a hill and you stumble, uh, you fall part way up the hill, you don't climb all the way back down, you know, before you go back you try to go back up again. You try and go back up and retain some of the progress that you have. Yeah. So um in Walt Place actually, uh W O L T Place, we were talking about regain and the scale not acting in our favor. And I came up with the analogy of inviting people to your party. And you are so looking forward to this party. Four years ago, I planned a party and I the party is is weight loss. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I invited 150 people to that party. Yeah. And like, I was super stoked that I got 150 people to show up. Regaining any amount of weight, which has happened to me, it's like if 150 people show up to your party 
and then five decide to leave. Like they come to the party and they're like, "Ah, oh, we got other things to do. We got to get to the, you know, the sitter is there. We got to yeah. go another party. The five people, people are pounds, <laughs> leave the party and then you sulk because five people have left the party. Yeah. And the other 145 people are like, hey, it's great to be here. I'm so excited. Let's play shuffleboard. I guess that's what you do at a party. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if you've been to a party, let us know. I never get invited to parties, nor do I throw them. So I have no idea what happens. So we're going to assume it's shuffleboard. Yeah, shuffleboard. Uh, so five people leave the party. 145 are still there. And then you get really annoyed with all the people who are still at the party. And you're like, I shouldn't even bother <laughs> having a party. Why don't you leave? And then people are like... Are you kidding me right now? Like, this is an awesome party. We're having a great time. Yeah. Why don't you, you know, but then you start. No one's ever said that at any party I've thrown, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but then you start, you know, sabotaging your own party to make other guests leave. And then you start convincing yourself like, oh, I, should, I should, never should have had a party. None of these people are really my friends anyway. Yeah. And you revenge gain the extra 140 pounds back because five pounds left the party, 10 pounds left the party. And guess what? The person you're getting revenge upon is the one looking back at you in the mirror. Oh, no. <laughs> but it really is that way. So when I was at my lowest weight, the 150, 155 pounds lost, I felt great. I felt totally in control. But then those erosion of habits, those canaries come in, and then suddenly a few pounds come back yeah and a few pounds come back and you're at a point i'm at a point where i can just revenge gain all of the weight back again because i feel sorry for myself or i can realize that the party is still happening and there are so many amazing benefits to being the weight that i am right now yeah. while still working on getting those people back to the party exactly i mean imagine that you're getting ready to make yourself an omelet and you get a dozen eggs out of the refrigerator refrigerator and you drop one of them are you going to take the other 11 and throw them away or are you going to use the other 11 and go ahead and make that omelet that sounds like something that a real housewife of somewhere would do they would just want a whole new dozen just carton of eggs throw the rest of them away out of revenge. so don't throw that away. I, I talk about all the time on this show about if you're in a hole that you need to climb out of, you don't dig the hole deeper before you try and climb out. You you start where you are and you move ahead and you try and start filling that hole in from where you are and don't give up. Well, and I think one of the problems, and I know Donald had done a little bit of research on it, you can find statistics online to show you that it's impossible to keep weight off. Yeah. That it, you know, studies show blah, blah, blah. And you can make yourself believe that anything is true. You can make yourself believe that your gain is inevitable. Yeah. Or you can make yourself believe that you have a fighting chance in all of this. And I've regained weight time and time again in the past because I thought there was a finish line. And now I know that there isn't a finish line, but I still don't want to use that as a loophole to revenge gain 140 pounds to get myself back up to the top again. Yeah. And one of the keys to keeping the weight off, or at least so far for me, has been never telling myself that I'm fixed. Never saying to myself, well, you've done it. Now it's over. Um, you can You can just Go back to eating whatever you want. Anytime that I've tried to tell myself that, I've realized now that it's a red flag and that I know that it's a lie that I'm trying to tell myself as an excuse 
to eat whatever I want because let's face it, eating whatever we want is a whole lot more fun and easier, at least for a while, than than trying to eat on a plan and eat responsibly. And it is work. It is absolutely work to put you know put in the movement and eat responsibly, but it in the long run is so much more satisfying to stick to that plan and be able to be happy with the the weight you are and be happy with how you feel and how you move and not give in to that shame of of you know, putting that weight on and not sticking to that plan. Well, and I think as part of regain, we get ideas in our head about why it happens. I can tell you that it's not inevitable. Yeah. It is not just, well, it's my age. Like, I'm at that age. You just put on weight. It's not a punishment. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh, see, I, I knew I could never do this. It's not proof that you don't have what it takes. It's not because you're perimenopausal or menopausal. It's not because life is unfair. It's not etched in stone. And most of all, it's not a predictor of what your future holds. It is not just because you have gained weight doesn't yeah. mean that you're on a track that can't be changed. And that's one of those loopholes, you know, saying to yourself that it's inevitable, it it relieves you of the responsibility of it. And ultimately, we are all responsible for our own choices. Losing weight is a choice, just like deciding to give up on losing weight is a choice. Right. And I think James Clear in Atomic Habits talked about our weight being a lagging indicator of our habits. Yeah. So we have the habit and it leads to the weight that we are. So it's about the past choices. It's not about your potential. It is a reflection of past choices. It's a reflection. Gain is a reflection of eroding habits, which I know is true for me. It's a reflection of invoking loopholes, which we've talked about in another episode. Yeah. And most of all, it's changeable. And that in itself, for me, it's about a choice. Am I going to make the choice to lose those 10 pounds again? Or am I going to let the negativity rush over me and decide that it's too late for me, can't do anything? About it? I guess this is where my body wants to be. No, yeah. my body wants to be in a bathtub full of Twinkies. Like, that is not okay. And if right. I listen to myself, I will find myself back in a pile of Tasty Cakes. Like, so <laughs> I, my, I am a lying liar who lies when I listen to my body. Yeah. So- I want to change that gain cycle, and I think we're going to talk about some ways to get out of the gain. Um, the first thing that I would recommend is don't panic. Relax and breathe. Realize that it is slow and steady. This is a lifelong process, and it is something that you're going to have to face for the rest of your life, which hopefully is a very, very long time. And I know that sounds like a bummer, but it also means you don't have to fix it overnight. You don't have to correct everything, reverse everything 100% right away. You can gently get back to your habits. Yeah, but you know what? Also with that, that that forever starting Monday thing, I'll start after COVID, I'll start after the holidays, I'll start after whatever is also a dangerous thing to do. So starting now, doing something today, oh yeah, getting on the scale, taking your measurements, 
kind of seeing it as a clean slate, like own your choices. Because when we start hiding from the scale, when we start putting clothes away in the closet, when we only start wearing stretchy clothes and not form-fitting clothes, getting out of that cycle and starting to make a new start point, a new measurement check-in, a new scale check-in, I think all of that matters. Yeah, force yourself to face it. One way in which I have allowed myself in the past to to regain weight is to ignore the signs. When I know that I'm not eating well, when I know that I'm not exercising, when I know that my clothes are fitting more snugly, I would avoid the scale because Getting on the scale is a visual and physical representation of what I'm not doing or what I am doing. And in order to be able to make that real, I have to step on it and face that number. And avoiding the scale for me is one of those, you know, we did a whole episode about canaries in a coal mine. And it's one of those canaries that I have to realize that if I'm not doing it, then I know that that's a bad sign and that I need to get back uh, to where I should be. Well, and definitely in part of my regain, you know, some of it was the holidays. Some of it is just not eating at a deficit. And I know we haven't actually officially done how maintenance is different than losing weight is. It's virtually the same. It is indistinguishable. And there's no point at which I can suddenly eat big brunches every day or get takeout all the time. I still have to eat within a couple of hundred calories in order to maintain or lose my weight. And what Donald said about canaries, those core habits that you know are kind of the red flags or the yellow flags of keeping (laughs) your habits together. Like for me, it's eating at a deficit, not eating off of our daughter's plate. When I start doing that, that is a sign that I'm not paying attention, which I may have eaten uh, pizza uh, crust the other day. I don't know. Um, If I'm not tracking something, if I'm finding myself- That's the biggest one for me. If I'm eating things without (laughs) actually writing them down and acknowledging that I ate them or or just not counting them. And I'm doing air quotes right now on a podcast so you can't see. No, but we went away for the weekend before- COVID happened and I didn't track anything. And guess what? When I did, I was four pounds up on the scale. Yay. Yeah, exactly. When I start invoking the just one more, you know what? I'm going to track two Oreos, but you know, I'll just have three. Like three. <laughs> I like prime numbers. Prime numbers are fun. Yeah. I'm going to have a prime number, number of Oreos. Invoking those loopholes, I deserve it. I've look, I'll look at all the weight I've lost. I can have this. You know what? I'll start Monday. I'm just listening to my body. That is just a big old lie because my body is a lying liar. I am not capable of listening to my body. And when I do, it tells me to eat all the food. Well, and that the the last loophole that I've kind of invoked is the I'll test myself. You know what? Normal thin people can have croissants in the morning. Yeah. I'm a normal thin person. I could and then it goes bad. You know what? I'm gonna buy these treats for our daughter and I'm gonna just have one a day. Yeah. I promise. And it might work for four days. And then on the fifth day, it's 2,000 calories later of snacky snacks from Costco, which has actually happened. And when I start invoking those like 
trying myself out, trying those habits like, oh, I can eat day candy. That's not a big deal. It's always a big deal. And I am a not a broken person, but I am a person who has a chronic condition of not being able to manage my food choices. And so I need my higher level self to police the id part of me that just wants things that feel good, which include giant portions from Costco. So the biggest key for me in all of this is being honest with myself. And this is a much harder thing to do than I think people realize. It was harder for me than I realized. I did not know how much I lied to myself all the time. But asking myself questions, I find myself in a position where I'm gaining weight or I'm regaining weight. How do I fix it? I need to really ask myself a bunch of questions, and I need to give myself truly honest answers. What has changed? What am I doing differently than what I was doing when I was losing weight or maintaining weight? What habits am I sticking to? Am I really sticking to all of those habits that I had before, or am I you know, just telling myself that I'm sticking to them. Well, and here's the thing about tracking what I've been eating for the last four years and tracking my steps. I have day-by-day evidence of my choices for four years. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person who maybe, like I did Atkins 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I have no record of what I did. Yeah. I just ate butter and cheese and bacon, I think, but I I don't remember how much and when and whatever. And so I don't have any data to share. I do know that after I did Atkins, I decided I was sick of it. And then I went face down in a carrot cake. Yeah. Like, I remember that. I remember the carrot cake. Yeah, no, me too. And for me, I think it was pasta. Like, I just could not live without pasta for, you know, or bread or something. But when you're on a plan, having that data is irreplaceable. I mean, I can go back and see what I ate on this day four years ago, tracking the calories, tracking the kinds of food that I'm eating. Wow, am I eating a lot more carbs than I was four years ago? Oh, gosh, you know what? Before I was really eating a lot of, you know, eggs and ham and Swiss. And I, boy, look, I had broccoli at every lunch and dinner. Like being able to go back and look at that data matters because if you don't have the data, ask me what I ate the weekend we went away. A lot of stuff. I don't know. How many brownies did I have? As many as I could fit in my mouth without looking bad. Like, yeah, data matters and tracking is everything to me. And if I don't track, I gain. And that's what that's just what happens. And the next question to ask yourself is, did my previous weight loss methods seem temporary? Was it something I was doing just for a particular period of time? Was I just telling myself that I was on a diet and that eventually I would get back to, in air quotes again, normal? Or did I really make lifestyle changes that I felt were sustainable for the rest of my life? And that, again, we've talked just on this episode about there is no finish line, there is no finish line. The key or one of the keys to lifelong sustainable weight maintenance, weight loss, weight maintenance is to realize that this isn't something you're just doing for a little while. You have to be able to make lifestyle changes and 
work those habits into your life for the rest of your life. And if you're doing something that you know you can't stick to forever, or you did something that you realize now you couldn't stick to forever, you need to reassess and try something else. Well, and I think too, especially in a season like this, which COVID is now a new season, spring, summer, winter, fall, COVID. (laughs) Oh boy, I hope not. No, but that things aren't the same right now. And Tracking can be consistent, but how you get in movement or the kinds of food that you're eating might change. Right now, uh, we have very few vegetables in the house, so I'm having to manage through that in my food choices. Knowing that different seasons, whether you're homeschooling your kids or you're on your own and you're not used to that, you're used to going to Whole Foods every day to get a big salad for lunch when you're at work, but now you're at home and you can't go out for that big you know, buffet salad, things change and being open to modifying your choices with that change. It's like you can't stomp and clap. Is that what people do? No, that's yeah, what you do at sure. a hoedown. Um, sure. But- or if you're in a, uh, a, um, a production of stomp. Sure. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was sitting, sitting here thinking to myself, what is that? What was that thing we saw where in they, Philadelphia where they stomped? They stomped a lot. And they there clapped. Was like, what was that called? It was called, <laughs> it was called stomp. But if your habits have had to change, if your routines have had to change in this most recent season, it's okay to modify. We did an episode about having your goal be the same, but being open to changing the way you get something done. And if Weight Watchers isn't working for you, try and calorie counting. If calorie yeah. counting isn't working for you, there's an app called 8-A-T-E that you can take photos of everything that you eat and then it asks you questions like, was it on track or off track? How did it make you feel afterward? Why did you eat it? And I've been co-using that along with my Fitbit tracking, which has actually been a nice way to be mindful about like, gosh, you know, I ate that, but I didn't actually like it. So maybe I won't eat that again. It's been very helpful for me. Yeah. Having a, a food diary just in the long term, um, can be very, very helpful. Remembering how foods you ate made you feel, um, you know, figuring out what your trigger foods are, figuring out what you can and can't have in the house. Um, We did a whole episode about moderating versus abstaining and uh, figuring out what those things are can be very helpful. Well, and it's hard too, because people might be in a position like our daughter usually goes to school and right now she's homeschooling. Having her around her wanting to bake things that I might not want to have in the house, being used to having, you know, kids who are off at college back home now who have different food choices than you would usually make. It can present new challenges, but deciding that we need to eat in a way that is respectful of our choices and not to those around us is really important because somebody else can eat a lot more than I can and they might have different goals. And I I don't have to try to, you know, go chip to chip with someone else in the house who can eat what I can't. Yeah, it's not like the drinking contest from uh, Raiders of the Lost (laughs) Ark, like you're not going shot for shot. Um, And for me, the the real bottom line here is, and this is all part of being super honest with yourself, remember that you have the power to take back control. Blaming it on things that are out of your control is called denial. It is really all in your hands. And I found a really good blog post by a woman, I'll, I'm going to mispronounce her name, but Christina DeBusk or DeBusk. Um, on shapefit.com. I'll link to it in the uh, show notes. But she says, permanent results require permanent changes. 
It also requires work and maintenance. You can't wash your car once and then expect it to stay clean forever. You would never just wash your car and then be like, well, I'm done. I don't have to wash my car anymore. Um, And what's worse is that the dirtier you let the car get between the washing makes it harder to clean once you finally decide to wash it. Well, and you tell me all the time about when you were a kid and was it your science teacher who said that when you dust, the dust just settles back down? Yeah, yeah. And And I, I, I... brought that up to my dad and my dad was very quick to point out that that was not going to get me out of dusting (laughs) it's not even fair why should i the dust is just moving around yeah yeah our daughter does that sometimes i'm like you know what yeah she brings home science facts and we're like just clean your room just do it (laughs) (laughs) but for me it's staying accountable if you are an obliger and you need someone else to know where you are and what you're struggling with. It can really help to just admit and say, I'm really struggling right now. I'm up on the scale. I bought me personally in real life. I had to tell Donald the sweets that I was buying yeah. and what I was going to have each day. Because yeah, so that I could give her some extra accountability. You know, if, if, you know, she was eating more than what she told me she was allowed to eat, then I'm allowed to step in and uh, be her. her yeah. And police. literally throw them in the trash. Yeah. Tell someone else your plan. Tell someone else what your goal is. Get on the scale. When you're hiding from the scale, when you're hiding from those form-fitting pants, that's when the danger comes in. Remember all of the non-scale victories that you've had as part of the reason why all of this matters. It's not just the number on the scale. It's what it represents. It represents the freedom of movement, the ease of going upstairs, the ease of sitting in a chair at your kid's school, Yeah, not breaking a chair in your client's office like I've actually done. Yeah. Diabetes, staving off diabetes. That is one I did. Yeah. (laughs) But that is so important. And we can forget because there are messages out there about body positivity, which we want everyone to love their bodies and love it while it's happening. But also, I don't want Donald's foot to fall off. Because, I mean, not that it would just fall off. It's not loose. (laughs) But... It might. You don't know. But we did an episode on 100 ways our lives are better now that we've lost 100 pounds each. Like all of that matters. And we can forget in the day to day why any of this means anything. Because in reality, a few pounds here, it isn't the end of the world, but it's the trajectory that I'm taking that matters. Because two pounds doesn't matter this week. But in six months from now, if I'm up 30, wondering how I got there because, oh, life wasn't fair and someone else bought nachos. Uh, It's out of my control. We are grownups and we have a responsibility to ourselves to take control of our choices. And if you're up on the scale, if you've had a party and a few people have left, this isn't the time to throw in the blanket and say that you were right all along this is impossible and then you go face down in the taco dip like this is not the time to do that yes and uh i think i'm going to play that back for you as we uh (laughs) as we move along so in this process of regain i know i've talked about staying accountable and remembering my non-scale victories but the person that i really owe this to is the me of four years ago 
the me of four years ago who was desperate to stop feeling helpless and lost and angry. Yeah. The one who was afraid that she was going to rip her pants at work. The woman who didn't want to see friends visiting from other countries because she didn't want them to see how much weight she had put on. The me that couldn't get out of bed in the morning. The me that was the victim in all of this. That woman lost 150 pounds. I am the beneficiary of that woman's efforts. Donald is the beneficiary of the man who felt lost and lost and aimless. <laughs> Four years ago, who yeah. felt like all was, you know, it was all over and it was inevitable. The man that fought for himself, the woman that fought for herself. We owe those people our weight loss. And it is our privilege to maintain the habits that they set in place. And it is disrespectful to forget that person because that's the one that did all of the work. And I can easily talk my way back up the scale and find myself in another two years wondering how I regained it all back. I am not going to do that to the me of four years ago. I am going to honor her legacy and keep fighting for my habits fighting through world challenges, delicious snacks, all of that, because I feel so much better in the body that she created. Like, I know what it was like to be that person four years ago, and I don't want to betray her by going back to that. Well, and you are still very much an inspiration. Um, and I think that uh, wraps it up for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you uh, enjoyed what you heard here, uh, we've got uh, over 100 other episodes you can check out. You can also find out more by going to weonlylookthin.com. Yeah, and you can find out more about our women support group, Walt Place, W-O-L-T place a facebook group for women uh, we do support and accountability we're not a weight loss plan we're just a place where people can be uh themselves while working on themselves so you can find out more there and uh you can uh follow us on the social medias at uh facebook uh twitter and instagram at we only look thin and you can email us at we only look thin at gmail.com if you have any questions or tips or uh anything to share we'd love to hear from you and we are happy to uh, answer your questions and if uh you could do us a favor and uh, i know uh this in these times it may seem trivial but it really helps us out if you could go to uh itunes or apple Podcasts podcast and leave us a rating and a review. The more ratings, reviews, uh, especially if they're five stars, it really helps us out in terms of people finding the show. Uh, if, if others are looking for you know shows about weight loss and fitness, it helps us show up in the search result. And we love hearing from you. Uh, we really appreciate every one of you. So if you're still not sure whether or not you're going to RSVP to your own pity party, <laughs> just remember that Donald and I are... An inspiration ish. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.